Hey, welcome. It is 10.07, and it is time for my favorite economist, Dr. Murray Sabrin. And you can find him at Substack. It's uh, murraysabrin.substack.com. He is a PhD. Uh, he has PhD emeritus professor of finance, Ramapo uh, College, uh, the author of uh, several books, including uh, Finance of Healthcare, Navigating the Boom-Bust Cycle, and From Immigrant to Public Intellectual. Uh, which really does describe him. He's got a couple of columns we're going to talk about, but I first want to address uh, the Fed chair. Federal Reserve Chairman Jer uh, Jerome Powell on Tuesday cautioned that interest rates are likely to head higher than central bank policymakers had expected. You know, if they had listened to Murray, <laughs> they'd have known this before. Uh, Dr. Sabrin, welcome. How are you? Great to be with you, Gary. It's a lot to unpack, uh, given um, all the mistakes made by uh, the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration. Citing data earlier this year showing that inflation has reversed the deceleration it showed in late 2022, the central bank leader warned of tighter monetary policy ahead to slow a growing economy. You said this uh, weeks ago. And uh, now they seem to be uh, they seem to be on board. Well, uh, every time the Federal Reserve has tried to um, deal with the inflation problem, last time we had a major inflation problem was 40 years ago when Volcker was uh, chairman, and uh, interest rates had to go up to 20 percent or more in order to deal with the 12 percent inflation. Today, interest rates are still below the rate of inflation. That's not going to slow the rate of inflation. You've got to get interest rates above the rate of inflation to to make sure that uh, prices stabilize at much lower levels or uh, uh, they start coming down which is the natural way of prices in a free market. But they don't believe in free markets in Washington, especially at the Federal Reserve, because they have this crazy 2% inflation target. Where that came down, I don't know, did Moses come down from Mount Sinai with a tablet that said there should be 2% inflation in society? This is the, this is the absurdity of uh, current economic thinking that a 2% inflation target is nirvana. Uh, I want to ask you this, and I don't know if you have the uh, the answer or not, but... Are we calculating inflation today the same way we did in the 1980s? No. Uh, in fact, um, John Williams at his website, uh, I forgot the name of it offhand, but he has a great website to show that if the, Federal, if the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, which computes the uh, Consumer Price Index, used the same methodology of 40 years ago, according to his analysis, inflation would be much higher, probably in double-digit range range right now and so they always tinker with economic data to make them look better than the uh, economy really is and so if inflation is running uh, much hotter than than currently it's no wonder that um, people are spending money because uh, they they want to get rid of it because uh, it's depreciating in their hands or in their uh, bank accounts because we're only getting about four four and a half percent on our interest when uh, inflation is running at six percent so we're losing uh, because we're putting money in the ba in the bank, but um, people are still spending. I mean, I'm here in Southwest Florida, and people uh, you go to the uh, shopping centers, people are out there spending and spending and spending. So uh, people realize that they're getting a raw deal from uh, from uh, policymakers because of inflation and uh, low lower interest rates than the inflation rate. So is it is it comparable to what they had we had in the eighties? 
I don't know if it's that high. I, I, and I just remember the website's called shadowstats.com. And uh, John has done, done great work over several decades about inflation and the economy. And um, he just shows that uh, if we had the same way of calculating the inflation rate, it would be a lot higher than it is today. And so um, all you have to do is go to the store and compare what you're paying today with what you were paying six months or a year ago. And serv- ser- service prices are still going up. And that's a, a good portion of the U.S. economy. Uh, is services. So uh, when you put everything together, um, th- they've totally mismanaged the economy. And that's what they, they claim to do is to manage the economy, to have high employment and low inflation. And they've to- totally missed the boat. They have low, we have low unemployment unpl- now, which is good for people who are working, but the companies are laying off, especially the high tech companies that used uh, the uh, lockdown to uh, build up their businesses, thinking that uh, the lockdowns were going to increase their uh, their sales and so they're not st- starting to shed uh, workers and that's going to trickle down to other uh, uh, parts of the economy we know housing is slowing down because mortgage rates are going up and uh, we're going to see a slowdown in the economy as i predicted over a year ago in a fortune magazine article so uh, th- what ha- what's happening this year is nothing new to me or anyone who's looked at the data and and, and trying to forecast the future when you tr- when you create trillions of dollars, which the Fed did in 2020, inevitably you're going to get higher prices because that money spreads through the economy and raises prices. It's all about supply and demand. But if people have huge amounts of money in their pocket because of the stimulus program of the federal government and all the money that's trickling through the banking system, uh, people are bidding up houses like crazy all over the country. But that's starting to slow down a bit as well. But um, rents are going up, we know, uh, and, and they're starting not, they're not going up as much as they were a year ago. So uh, th- this is so predictable, Gary, that we're going through the same process that we've witnessed in the past 75 years since the Federal Reserve really got active after World War II. And so uh, what the Fed should do, obviously, is not manipulate interest rates, let the market decide interest rates, and the federal government has to stop spending so much money. I mean, it's obscene how much money they're spending in the name of um, fairness, equity, whatever they want to call it. But all that does is take money from the private sector, which is the creator of wealth, and distribute it to the government's favorite uh, constituents. Uh, if you just uh, tuned us in, it is Dr. Murray Sabrin on the line with us. He is a, a Ph.D., emeritus professor of finance, uh, Ramapo College. He's got uh, columns at murraysabrin.substack.com. Uh, uh, and I want to jump into this. Uh, coming to planet Earth, one world government when the next pandemic arrives. Uh, that's... Uh, that's an, an interesting uh, headline. What, w- explain how that happens. Well, I think there's already a move afoot uh, to give the WHO, the World Health Organization, total control of um, health policy in the United States. Biden uh, supposedly is going to sign off on a on a uh, executive order which gives the WHO full authority of uh, lockdowns and other things that the federal government and states did during the 2020 and 2021. And so uh, this is in the works, and uh, that means that uh, they could mandate vaccines for everyone, not just the uh, businesses uh, having the mandating vaccines and so we're going to see uh, the high probability we're going to see uh, a central authority whether it's the world health organization in conjunction with the imf and other uh supranational organizations like the u.n and the world bank really dictate um economic activity and uh, uh 
medical care around the world for eight, seven, seven, eight billion people. And this is the dream of the collectivists for the past hundred years is to control everything about the average person's um, uh, life. And this is a dangerous road that we set on a hundred years ago, and it's now coming to fruition. And the pandemic, the pandemic gave them cover to say, "Hey, you're going to die if you don't take if you don't follow our rules and regulations." We now know that masks don't work, that the vaccine is not safe and effective, and that um, there's more evidence coming out that this is, uh, some people assert that this was all planned in order to get, get the world's population to comply with uh, these edicts coming out of the uh, World Economic Forum and implemented by the WHO. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me because it, we seem to be moving in that direction and have been for some time. You also have a column, and I'm not sure, but I think my translation of this word uh, would be uh, perhaps not arable. So I'm going to I'm going to alter the uh, pronunciation. The March <laughs> schnuck, I'm going to say, and bench <laughs> awards go to. Uh, tell me what that's about. Well, uh, what I've been doing is uh, beginning uh, last month, I, I've given an award to someone who's really uh, incompetent, uh, who's grossly over his head uh, or her head, usually his head. And so the first one was to Joe Biden because of his presidency and all the uh, rules and regulations uh, and, and spending that he's uh, done. And uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, richly deserves it for uh, uh, dropping the ball on the, on the disaster in uh, East Palestine, Ohio, with the uh, trail, uh, train derailment. Now, we know the... Uh, uh, Norfolk Southern Railroad should be totally liable for all the damages that caused the uh, town there. But, Pitch, uh, but uh, Buttigieg uh, was nowhere to be seen for the first three weeks. And so uh, uh, here is an example of gross incompetence that uh, he was picked not because of his qualifications in, in uh, transportation, because he was gay. This was the Biden administration playbook. Let's have, quote, a diverse cabinet. So he picked a, a black woman for his VP who is totally incompetent. I mean, I've never seen someone in public life in the, in the years, the decades I've been following politics of someone who is so incompetent that I don't know any business that would hire for any, any type of work. Um, and so you have Buttigieg, you have other people who have been hired by Biden who have no qualifications except they checked off several boxes that, um, that he has for uh, for people to be accepted in his administration. And this is a sad state of, of, of America today, that it's not about your competence and, and your, your merit, but all about uh, what your identity is. And that has nothing to do with uh, having a, a good um, uh, outcomes. Could you imagine if, 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 made, if sports uh, said you had to check off certain boxes to be a, 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 an athlete? No, the, 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 the general managers, the, uh, the managers, the, the coaches, they get the best players they can on the field and in the court, and they have nothing to do with ethnicity uh, or race. And, and what we're seeing today is, uh, is what, quite frankly, the Nazis did, saying if you're not part of this group, you're an outcast, and if you're part of this group, you're, you're wonderful. And so uh, what we're seeing is um, nothing less than... Um, a racial society, and uh, and you can say that it's in the many. Uh, ironically, you know, you're using racism to fight racism, which which is really the the irony that's going on here. The other half of this uh, story that uh, we can find at MurraySabrin.substack.com is uh, the heroic Ron Paul. Yeah, I met Ron Paul uh, 40 years ago at a, a monetary conference, 
And two years earlier, uh, the great Murray Rothbard and I were at a conference together. He was a speaker. I was an attendee. This was up in Maine, I think, in 1981. And we were sitting together, and he said, by the way, there's a libertarian Republican congressman from Texas who really knows uh, free market economics and uh, has a lot of libertarian um, ideas. And um, I didn't think much about it. Then I met him two years later at a Washington, D.C. conference. And then a year later, he invited me and other newsletter writers to D.C. where we toured the uh, Federal Reserve, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and the U.S. Treasury. And he's been basically a one-man show um, trying to show that the emperor has no clothes in D.C., being a critic of uh, military intervention overseas, being a critic of the Fed, being a critic of uh, the bloated federal budget, and um, now he is here. He is at eight, eighty-seven, as coherent as he was uh, decades ago, uh, leading the way with the uh, Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. So I tip my hat to someone who has been basically a combination of Thomas Jefferson and H. Uh, L. Mencken and all the great uh, writers of the past, and uh, who have pointed out that. Washington, D.C. is the problem. It's not China. It's not Russia. It's Washington, D.C., and the American people better wake up and smell the coffee because if we focus on uh, China and Russia, we're going to wake up one day with one world government, and uh, that's why uh, Ron Paul and others, um, uh, and I modestly include me in that mix of someone who's been blowing the whistle for more than several, uh, for four decades about the about the uh, policies of Washington, D.C., which are going to lead us to an authoritarian society in a few years if we stay on this road. All right. Dr. Murray Sabrin, Ph.D., Emeritus Professor of Finance, Ramapo College, on The Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Murray, thank you for being with us. Uh, folks can find his column at murraysabrin.substack.com. Subscribe. Telling you. Fascinating writer. Thanks, Murray. Thanks, Gary. Look forward to it again. All right. Uh, When we come back, uh, we've got uh, some Stossel audios, students versus socialism. We've got a lot on the ground we're going to cover on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1023. We've got some Stossel audio. We're going to get to that in a a little bit. Uh, But I continue this discussion with John on law enforcement. Um, Well, Gary, he writes, I understand what you're saying about police how you should pull over for them and all of that. However, the police routinely try to pull people over and they run off at a high rate of speed for a simple traffic violation. John, how does the cop know that it's just a simple traffic violation that's making them run off? How do they know it's because uh, that it's not because they're a wanted murderer or that they have a body in the trunk or that uh, they've kidnapped somebody. How do you know? How does the police officer going to know that, John? Is it routine for people to run from the police over a twenty-dollar ticket? I would argue it's not. If I'm in law enforcement and somebody runs off because I turned the red and blue lights, I got to think it's more than just gee, I don't want a ticket. I got to think there's something else going on, and I'd better find out why, so I better not let them out of my sight. Uh, John goes on to say, in your world, that's justification for putting innocent people at risk. No, that is in the minds of the perpetrator, justification for putting innocent people at risk. He goes on to say, a $20 traffic fine is okay to get people possibly killed. No. Running from the police, not a $20 traffic fine, running from the police 
could end up causing this, and it is the person who's running who is at fault. You can blame the person who pulled away, I get that, but it's a stupid reason for someone to die. You're right, it is a stupid reason for someone to die, John, but it is the person who is running that is doing the harm. I don't know, how, is that hard to understand, Brian? Am I, is this a difficult? No, it isn't for me. Somebody runs. I mean, I, from... I wonder if he considered the fact that this person, uh, let's say, murdered his wife and the police were in pursuit of this individual. Does he still think, well, they shouldn't be, you know, selectively choosing a vehicle that matches the description of the, come on, really? Yeah, it Seems to me uh, a pretty easy, uh, uh, a pretty uh, simple logic to follow. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. If you disagree with me, I, I'll, I'll, I'll listen. I want to hear what you think. Uh, but I just think that when you run, there's got to be a reason. And it wouldn't be because of a $20 ticket. Big deal. It's a $20 ticket. If you get caught running, it's much worse. And if you kill somebody... It's even more disastrous. Let me go to the phones. Chris, good morning. How are you? Boy, where to start, Gary? <laughs> I'm with you on this. Uh, it reminds me of all these, you know, so-and-so got killed for passing a bad check by the police. Well, no, he was fighting the police and blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. And you've got to, I'm with you, if you're running, you know, you're the problem and they should be coming after you because they don't know why you're running. It right. wasn't that many years ago in this town. They stopped a car over here by a construction site. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I do and remember. the dude had his mother in the trunk dead. Yeah. Now, if they hadn't stopped him for whatever he was doing, hey, mom just ran away. You know, we, we don't know where she went. And this kind of stuff goes on all the time. I've watched, I don't know how many little towns Fayette did it up here years ago. They have a police chase. Somebody gets hurt or killed. We're not going to chase anybody outside the city limits. So what do you think everybody does? Head out of the city limits. They head for the city limits and yell, ollie, ollie, umpin' tree, and they drive off. And then they say, well, you could, you got their license plate number. Well, assuming the car had a plate, that might have been why you were stopping it. Or it's stolen plates or their expired tags. None of that, you know, and they even have these people that do that and then go, well, I wasn't driving my car last night. You know, I mean, it's just all for, for stupid. And most of these police departments, especially big cities, they have rules, uh, how heavy the traffic is, how high the speeds are getting, and what are you stopping the person for? If the guy's the bank robber and you recognize the car and all that, you keep on him. If it's a traffic stop, they say, all right, pull over. Okay, you're not going to you know, drive 100 mile an hour at 4 o'clock in the afternoon in the city. We'll just let him go, you know, try to get him later. And that's normal, you know, but uh, people get all bent out of shape over stuff. Y you got to let them do what they got to do. Well, I just think we ought not cripple law enforcement. I agree. And I think that's We've what... We've got uh, handcuffed enough already, no pun intended. And if you set a rule and you say, you know, nothing over 50 miles an hour, right. I'm going to do 55. Yes. If I'm the or bad you guy. you can't go past this point. Yes, it's just so ridiculous. All right, Chris, thank you for the call. Right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Let the guy who's behind the wheel, let the police officer behind the wheel decide what risks he's willing to take. Uh, and let's hold responsible the guy that's running from the cops for whatever harm happens, because he is ultimately responsible. Not all students are woke socialists. John Stossel has a great piece. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll play that uh, probably in the next segment of the program, about 35 minutes after the hour. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, you know, I'm so impressed when I hear students who are willing 
to stand up for the free market because it is the most incredible device the world has ever known. Free markets are great. I know a lot of people on the left hate them. Uh, they don't like to see people get too wealthy. They, uh, they're jealous, I think. But when students can see the, the value of it, it makes me feel good. And we'll do that next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1035. Glad to have you with us on the Gary Nolan Show. John Stossel has um, the this video. These are students uh, that believe in the free market and capitalism. And I'm playing this because I think it's a good sign. Uh, we talk about all the bad things, but every once in a while, there's some good news. And the good news is there are some kids out there who have not been roped in. This is uh, John Stossel. Not all students are woke socialists. This crazy government imposes a million rules, and Americans seem to want more. The motion is adopted. People say they want more government. And politicians are happy to deliver. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Thomas Jefferson said the natural progress for things is for liberty to yield and government to gain. That's what's happening. Natural gas hookups will be banned. Minimum wage is set to increase this year. New rent control measures. It's very easy to lose freedom. It's very easy for politicians to legislate freedom away, but it's incredibly hard to get back. This 22-year-old understands the importance of freedom better than politicians and the media. These new rules they're passing, they're meant to keep us safe. How much of our lives are we willing to give up for safety? Kristen Tokarev is one of the winners of our Stossel in the Classroom video contest. I wanted to show us a brief clip. Stossel in the Classroom is my charity that provides free market videos for teachers to play in class. Lead some students to change their minds about things like government welfare. Its intentions are good, but the people that accept welfare, they over time, they lose the incentive to work. It often takes videos to drive the point home. They really opened up my mind to think differently. It changed the way that I viewed the world. Was watching my videos in class more fun than listening to a professor lecture? It's always more engaging. Unfortunately, most students don't watch. What do we do? Today, many are taught that capitalism is a problem. It's time may be running out. Younger people see so clearly the failings of capitalism. I can't say I'm pro-capitalist without my friends, people on the internet, or anyone really coming at me for it, telling me, how could you? Everything on social media is eat the rich. Eat the rich and feed the poor. This is class war. Kill capitalism. It's synonymous with greed. That's fair. Capitalists want to make more money for themselves. Sure. By wanting more money, I can create something that I can then sell to other people. And why is that good? Because then you get new products and you get new innovation. Today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. The media tell us capitalism makes life worse. If capitalism works, if this is the best we got, why does it seem to give such a raw deal? But kids who learn from Sassel in the classroom no, it's a good deal. Everyone watching this video is living a better life than even the richest men of the 1800s. This video from high school student Caden Morgan points out how capitalism's innovation improves our lives. We got air conditioning, we got cell phones, we got microwaves, we got stinking toilets. The media are right, however, when they say... 
inequality of income and wealth has surged. That's a big reason why socialism is having a moment in American politics right now. Some people are really filthy rich. Others don't have enough. Under capitalism, yes, there's going to be some people who are wealthier and some people who are poorer. Um, but you have the opportunity to become wealthier and to grow. Under socialism, sure, everybody is equal, but they're all equally poor. I wish more American kids understood that. Socialism is totally on trend. Kids love socialism. Uh, I think socialism is great. Socialism is on point. I mean, I don't really know what socialism means, to be completely honest with you. Kristen knows. She learned what socialism means, not just from my videos, but from her dad. He grew up under socialism in Bulgaria, where not only were people poor, but modern music was even banned. He couldn't listen to rock music without the fear of persecution, of getting beat even. Some fans roamed the streets of Sofia at night and yelled, punk's not dead, but always after making sure that the police were not around to arrest him. The only way her dad could hear what Westerners could hear was to smuggle in tape. The quality was awful. Absolutely. But they would play it all day. All day. It was the only taste they had of what life was like outside of the Iron Curtain. There was only really one rock band that was allowed in the country. And even that group, their songs were censored because it didn't fully align with the political agenda at the time. What does the music have to do with socialism versus capitalism? It has everything to do with it. In one system, you're allowed to listen to it and you're allowed to enjoy it freely. And then in another system, like the one that my parents were in, you're being controlled. What if your decisions, the choices you made, weren't even up to you? Freedom versus control. That's what many contestants focused on. Ian Hunter of Concordia University won our college video contest. Individual liberty is crucial for people and communities to flourish. I wish America's politicians would listen to these kids. Freedom is essential, not only, you know, to prosper, to make money, but it's essential to be yourself. Well, kids that get it, kids that understand that's the future of America. That is the future of the country. If we can get more kids to understand what these kids understand, this country will be saved. Freedom is just, it is the solution to all that ails us. And I don't, uh, you know, I, I hear people say, uh, you just can't have a free market run amok. You just can't have a totally free market. And I've never understood that. Uh, it, it, there is nothing wrong with a totally free market. When you think about it, there are laws that protect us from people who would steal from us or lie to us to get our money, whatever, embezzle. Uh, there, there are laws that, that protect us from that. But a free market unabated is not a, a threat. A free market unabated is actually the, the, the key to success for the country. Products continue to improve constantly. Prices continue to drop constantly. It's what, frankly, made this country great to begin with. 
we've got the greatest republic the world has ever known. And we're letting it slip through our fingers. We really need to fight. We need to make sure that students learn what these students learned. And if, if we can do that, if we can accomplish that, this republic will survive. And I'm optimistic. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Gene, uh, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you today, Gary? I am well, thank you. Just one quick thing I wanted to add to what you said. I, I agree with you 100%. Freedom is what we need. But uh, I wanted to point back to what, and I, I apologize, I, the name has slipped my mind, but one of our founders said about our country, he said, a free people will only last and exist as long as they are ruled by good morals. And that's a, a rough uh, estimate of what he said. But uh, freedom in itself will not solve all of our ills if we as a people do not instill in our children good morals and respect for each other. Because if you just have freedom and you have a bunch of people that can do anything they want, you get exactly what we have now of people voting to take from other people and give to themselves. And we can see that's going to destroy us. So. Uh, I agree with you. Freedom and liberty is exactly what we need. But if we don't raise our young people right, we will self-destruct. And we're unfortunately on the way there. Well, you know, if, if they understand what a republic is, if they understand the doctrine of enumerated powers, if they understand the Constitution um, and they have a free market, we'll be fine. But what we've done is we've allowed politicians on both sides of the aisle, but particularly from the left, to distort the marketplace. And, and it's killing us. It, it is the government that is creating inflation. Uh, it's the government that is taking away our freedom, destroying the marketplace, driving up the price of everything from health care to prescriptions to, to uh, education, uh, even your automobile. Uh, there's nothing that they haven't screwed up. I agree with that 100%, but I will say many of the things that we're starting to deal with now are the, uh, I would say, getting to the, the end result of what started back in the 60s of there's no right, there's no wrong. And, you know, I, I hate to say this, but when you go to other countries and you ask, well, I saw one interviewer, he was over in the middle of Africa and he was talking to the natives over there and he was talking to them about the whole transgender thing. And they said, we wouldn't even want to go to America. Because it's so crazy over there, the things you guys are starting to believe. Uh, we're going to self-destruct if we don't get back to, and once again, the government cannot legislate morality, and that's not what I'm saying at all. But if we don't start teaching right and wrong again, and the fact that truth is not relative, uh, we're bound for destruction. All right, and on that happy note, Gene, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for the call. Thank Glad you. to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, does anybody think that the free market is a problem if it goes unabated. I do think at a certain point you've made enough money. <laughs> no, you've never made enough money. All right, it's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Ten minutes to 11. Glad to have you with us on the Gary Nolan Show. President Biden wants to save Medicare, and his, uh, his solution is to raise taxes, to take more money from people... Um, and, and it is it, it, literally it is the very definition of greed. Uh, he wants to take money from people who have earned it and give it to others. 
because he wants this Medicare plan to to succeed. Uh, everybody is is uh, you know pretty clear Medicare is going to be broke, and, and literally in just a few years it's going to be in real financial trouble. Uh, he wants Medicare to regulate the price of uh, expensive drugs that have been on the market for several years. Uh, limit the amount all drug makers can raise uh, prices every year. This is this is socialism and and fascism kind of wrapped into one. He wants to expand the drug negotiations uh, by allowing the government to negotiate over a broader universe of medication. Uh, the White House estimates that those changes and other tweaks to the drug negotiation provision are going to save the government $200 billion over uh, 10 years, which is, by the way, a drop in the bucket. But here's the problem. When the government decides to tell the pharmaceutical industry, this is what you can charge, then it takes away the incentive of the pharmaceutical industry to invest in new products. Why would you invest a couple of billion dollars to get something out there to the marketplace when the government's going to tell you you can't, you can't get the return on your investment that you need to continue coming up with new pharmaceuticals? It just sort of kills innovation. Apparently, Democrats don't see this. In fact, some Republicans don't get this. But when the government limits the price of pharmaceuticals and tells those companies, we're going to tell you how much profit you can make, then who wants to invest in a new, in a new product? What you're going to see, and, what it, and, and the proof of this is to look at Europe. In Europe, they don't create new drugs. Almost every new drug that gets created gets created here in the United States because we don't have the complete socialization uh, of, of, uh, of health care. And they can get a, a return on their investment. And in order to seduce you into voting for Democrats... To support Joe Biden, he's willing to kill that innovation because he believes that you're too stupid to understand the downside of government regulating prices. Government can't regulate prices. They're just not, it's not that not only is it not their job, but economically it's devastating to any marketplace they engage in. When the government at any level regulates prices, it hurts the marketplace. I don't care if you're talking about rent control or the price of pharmaceuticals. Uh, I don't care if it's punishing somebody for buying a car that doesn't get the kind of mileage the government wants. Whatever it is that the government does to affect the price of goods, it has a negative impact. And we've seen this all over the world. And yet the Democrats want you to believe that they're going to save the government money and your life is going to be better if they can just decide if these bureaucrats who don't work in the pharmaceutical industry, if they can just decide 
how much the pharmaceutical industry can profit from their own investments. They're not qualified. They're not capable. And constitutionally, I don't see where they get the power to do this. You know, I keep hearing these statistics about the price of health care in the United States, and then they always compare it to socialist countries and try and tell me that somehow the socialist countries with single-payer health care just is so much better uh, than what we have. The truth is, it's not. It is the involvement of Medicare and Medicaid uh, and other government regulations driving up the price of health care. It's not the free market. It's not what we have left of the free market. It's the government. Americans just don't get it. Uh, let's see. Do I have time to get these calls? I'll grab a couple here. Alan, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Gary? I, too, am well. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I agree with you 100%, but I sort of disagree with you, too, because our federal government is guaranteeing these pharmaceutical companies customers through uh, poor dieting, poor nutrition, and on and on, they guarantee that these people will be sick and ill from about the time they're 40 until they're 75, 85 years old. So they're guaranteeing these people customers and guaranteeing them a profit, no matter how they seem to play the game of controlling the pricing and so forth. And that was my comment, sir. Well, how do you, what do you mean by the government is guaranteeing them customers? You mean... With a food pyramid and telling them to eat the wrong thing? Sort of in that respect. But look at the uh, look at the American populace. We're lazy and obese. We, we don't do anything but play video games and watch TV. Oh, is that the government's fault? No, no. It, it is to an extent, yes, sir. They've created us to be lazy. They've taught us to eat. And so they're guaranteeing these people customers. They poison us through the EPA. They poison us in different ways. And so they're just guaranteeing these pharmaceuticals are going to have customers for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, I'm not convinced we can blame the government for our own behavior. Um, um, yeah, the way they destroy the families with their policies in the yeah, inner that, cities. That is true. They have no choices but to turn to crime and so forth. And so uh, they, they abuse their bodies with all these drugs creating more and more different levels of, of customers. If you make it to old age, then you're guaranteed to have cancer or some other horrible disease that's going to maim you. They're going to cut you apart the last few years of your life. All right. I, you. I think, I think so the, the likelihood of uh, cancer does increase as you get older. I think that has a lot to do with biology and less to do with the government. I do believe the government has ruined people's health with their food pyramid and their reluctance to let people eat red meat and and uh, things like that and I think they've destroyed the nuclear family uh, increasing the likelihood of, uh, of uh, kids dropping out not getting an education uh, and being criminals but I think uh, at the same time you don't want to regulate the pharmaceutical industry uh, to the extent that they quit innovating gotta run Alan thank you for the call Gary Nolan Zimmer Radio Network This is The Gary Nolan Show.